In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Hello, everyone. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and my guest today is Mr. Jordan Lieberman. Jordan is the president at Campaign Grid, the nation's leading online advertising and marketing firm for political candidates. Jordan was a former editor at Campaigns and Elections Magazine, the leading trade publication for political consultants, and also served as director of marketing for Politics NJ. Prior to this, Jordan served as a campaign manager for Joel Weingarten during his congressional race. Jordan has appeared on numerous news programs as a pundit for CNN, the BBC, Fox News, CNBC, and the cable channel CN8. He's been featured in several documentaries, including Electile Dysfunction and How to Get Elected in America, and has penned articles for the New York Observer, Playboy Magazine, and Campaigns and Elections Magazine. Jordan was also a frequent guest host on Sirius XM Radio for the New School Show. Welcome, welcome, Jordan. How are you today? That's <laughs> good to be with you, John. That's, uh, <laughs> that's quite an introduction. Well, that's quite a resume. Uh, Jordan, I've only scratched the surface, and I think our listeners would like to know a little more about you. So would you care to fill in what I like to call the professional and life resume and tell us a little more about yourself and what you do? Well, um, I think most importantly, I have two kids and, um, and I like to travel and uh, uh, do things that are not work related. Um, but you did a pretty good job with my resume, John. That's, uh, that's, that's a good memory. That's uh, more than LinkedIn has, I think. Um, <laughs> But I guess the, the important stuff is not the, the highlights, but the little stuff. Um, you know, I've spent the last five years at Campaign Grid, where we've um, developed the leading platform, actually the patented platform for our targeting uh, cookie targeting off of the voter file. Which means um, each state is required to produce a voter file of its likely of its voters. You can uh, derive who are the likeliest voters inside of that world. Um, deliver cookie targeted advertising to that. Want a patent for it, and then also purchased a, or acquired a company called Bearing Media uh, last fall. That company focuses on IP targeted, uh, uh, provides a cookieless solution should cookies uh, start to lose efficacy or um, have other issues. Oh, that's that's really really powerful stuff. And and Jordan, I think you know everyone's always raging about using technology such as Facebook ads or YouTube ads. But I think what you're doing is really what Wayne Gretzky talked about when he says, you know, play to where the hockey puck is going to be next. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the power of using these targeted ads? I mean, exactly what um, are politicians and now companies able to do with this sort of technology? It's been companies for a long time. The technology that we use in, in politics has been around in the commercial space for, for a decade. Um, you know, so it's it's fun. You know, we'll have this great experience with a political client, and go to uh, you know perhaps a gaming or a healthcare client, um, and they'll say, yeah, yeah, we saw that you know five years ago. Um, but in the political and public affairs space, it's entirely new. Um, the re- the reason is that I think you know some of the folks here are um, a little stodgier, um, and it's it's a little bit less of a meritocracy in, in some of the political space. I think where we're going next is also quite important. That's where I think we, we're kind of catching up and exceeding where the commercial space is. Um, we are moving into a four-screen uh, audience-targeted world, meaning that um, the, the, the sense of broadcast is dead or dying, and anything that is not audience-targeted, meaning targeting a specific uh, group of people, segment, uh, individual, uh, it is wasted. So they always say that half of all advertising is wasted. We just don't know what, which half. Well, now we do, 
and we can re- remove that from our buy and only run advertising to the audience that matters to us. And we do that by delivering advertising um, mainly at a cookie-based level where uh, those who have, let's all right, say... All right, so Jordan, before before you continue, can you explain to our audience what a cookie is? And <laughs> I'm assuming you're, you're not talking about the ones with chocolate chips, so... Well, both. No, in this case, uh, we're talking about a cookie as an, an, an innocuous piece of code that sits on your browser, uh, whether it's Safari or Internet Explorer or whatever. The cookie allows you to identify you, allows us to identify you as you. Not necessarily John Lim, but we know that you are a, um, a master's degree holding or MBA holding uh, lawyer who lives in Rockville who knows this, this, and this, and drives this kind of car and all these kinds of things. But we don't know your name, and we don't want to know your name. Interesting. Very interesting. So, Jordan, let's segue a little bit, and we're going to dig a little deep. What are you passionate about, and how did you discover that passion? So I'm, I'm passionate about building this company. I'm passionate about politics, but I think I'm passionate about just doing a good job and you know making sure I'm home by 5 o'clock uh, hang out with my family. You know, it's been, it's, 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 uh, I, I have a, a lifespan of five years at a company, so coming up on that, I don't think I'm leaving anytime soon. But, um, it all, it, you know, it, it's, it's time to, uh, think about what's next for sure. Well, Jordan, how did you kind of discover this is your passion? I mean, I, I, you know, I know you're very passionate about your kids, and that's something that a lot of our listeners are, can relate to just being so close to your family and having that work life balance. But how did you discover, you know, online advertising as sort of your career passion? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a career passion. Um, I've, I was uh, running uh, campaigns and elections magazine, and uh, it's it's running print magazine is hard, and print publications these times in this world is, is a scary thing. Uh, paper costs go up, you know, posters goes up, salaries go up, and advertising goes down. You figure it out. Um, so I was, uh, so in uh, early 2010, the uh, founders of the company came to me and said, do you want to get out of the buggy with business? And I said, yes. And uh, they taught me everything I knew about online advertising. I, I knew nothing about this in 2010. And, uh, but I do know a lot of people in politics because of uh, my background at the magazine. And um, so that's, that's really where, where I excelled and, and was able to kind of learn the technology. Well, it sounds like this career passion sort of found you rather than you, than you discovering it. Absolutely. I, I never um, applied for the job, never showed my resume. You know, never, certainly never showed up my GPA, thankfully. <laughs> well, you've had such an interesting and varied career, Jordan. I mean, how did you, you know, how did you go from managing a campaign to running a magazine? I mean, how did you kind of make those transitions? There was a, uh, just a series of really lucky things. Um, so running campaigns is, is, is uh, awesome experience. Um, the problem is that it's, it's not a it's not a life life uh, lifelong career path. It it'll suck the life out of you pretty quickly. Um, two or three campaign cycles, meaning two or three campaigns, is enough for most people. So I did five years of working on campaigns, and in that mean t- in that time, did get my master's, but also helped start a website called Politics NJ, which at the time this was before the word blog existed. This was two thousand two thousand one. Actually, yeah, J- June two thousand is when the company was founded. And uh, became president of that company. Basically, it turned into from a change it from a website to a company that I think we probably billed uh, a million to two million dollars over several years. Um, wasn't huge, but we had no employees, so it worked out just fine. But in that time, um, it became a the, the political news uh, gossip website, and then was replicated in a bunch of other states: Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, um, and some other states that that uh, didn't take off. 
So I was uh, approached by some uh, publishers in New Jersey that wanted to uh, replicate that that uh, digital publication in print. They wanted to call it Politics NJ Magazine, and I said, "No, that's that's silly. Uh, that'll never work." And here's why: there's not enough uh, advertising to support it, not enough readers, and not enough this, this, and this. And I said, "You should just go buy Campaigns and Elections Magazine," um, and that was uh, 2006. Actually, uh, summer of 2005, and it didn't close until spring of 2006 when um, we wrapped it up and I took over the magazine for um, about four, four and a half years. Oh, that's, that's amazing, Jordan. So I think sort of one of the life lessons here is just sort of be open because you never know what's going to fall into your lap in, in, in terms of careers. So I imagine that uh, when you were in college, this is something you didn't necessarily imagine yourself doing, but you just sort of were able to pivot and just be flexible and take sort of the opportunities as they were presented to you. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't searching for the uh, the title or the company, but I was searching for um, a lot of fun and a lot of room to grow. And uh, just so happened that I was in print publications and then and digital advertising. I um, yeah, I knew nothing about this beforehand. Never thought I would do this. Wrote my senior thesis in college on um, Crimean politics and um, thought I would end up doing you know doing something internationally. Well, that's that's amazing, Jordan. And I, I love that that life lesson, just kind of do something that's fun. And, you know, it, it's so simple and it's almost cliche, but I really think it's important to kind of be passionate about what you're doing. I, I think so. I, I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I know you are, um, you know, but I think, that, you know, you can you can make a big mis- you can make a big mistake in life in um, being so passionate about your career that that that's all there is. So I think one of the lessons that I that I've taken is that you know at at five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever uh, your computer goes off. Oh, that's fantastic! I think that's also a very very important life lesson. Just having those boundaries and sticking to them. Yeah. And, you know when it when it's family time, it's family time. But it's tricky, John. You know, and you're an entrepreneur, and I think that, you know the the trick is you know if you've got ten hours of work to do and your day is eight hours long. Um, and you've got a hard stop at whatever o'clock you've got to find time. And, you know, that to me means, um, getting up early sometimes or, um, you know, you know, not eating the best lunch and just eating at your desk and, you know, the trick, you know, something's got to give. Yeah. Sometimes that's no, absolutely not an easy balance to strike. Uh, you know, for sure. Jordan, now we're going to dig a little deeper here. So can (laughs) you share a time that you faced a failure or a huge challenge but that ended up being sort of a valuable point in time that led you to a path of success. Uh, yeah, Campaigns and Elections Magazine was probably a, a series of failures, so that works out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> we probably lost the owner, oh, I don't know, uh, I don't know, a million bucks um, oh over, my those, goodness. over those five years, um, give or take. It was a, it's a, just a hard, you know, it, it's a hard business model uh, these days to run a small magazine. And, and you'll see... I promise you there'll be four, fewer magazines next year than there are this year and fewer the year after. Uh, they've figured out the model now, but when I was there, we had a, a very challenging uh, situation where the owner was 200 miles away, was very demanding, and knew nothing about uh, the, the, the business. Required us to do things that were not necessarily best for the uh, business, but made him feel good. So, so that was a tricky time. And you know, I think the failure was not standing up to the owner and saying, listen, if you do this, the, the company will fail. I, mean, I don't want to be part of a failing company, so if you make me do this, you're going to have to find someone else to do it. So I you know, probably should have quit earlier, actually. And I think 
you know, in general, the lesson specifically is learn when to walk away and learn when to, to see failure early on. And um, part of one of our uh, current partners um, at a company that we just bought, Bearing Media, said it perfectly a few weeks ago. He said, you know, we're going to fail quickly. And I think in being a successful entrepreneur, everyone fails, but you want to fail quickly and know that you can uh, recover quickly. And rather than fail over years, you fail over weeks or months, and then you can just start over. Because it's not for lack of good ideas, it's for lack of which ones are going to stick. Oh, that's fantastic, Jordan. You know, one of the recurring themes that we've heard from our other guests is learning from your failures. But I love that added nuance. If you are going to fail, you know, if you're going to have that learning moment, it's better to do it quicker than drag it out over time. Yeah, and that's the sad thing. I, you know, I see a lot of people that would consider themselves entrepreneurs, and they they are there's they have some idea, and rather than you know. And they just they let it go for years, and they keep trying, and they you know it's bad money after good, and um, you know one of the tricky things is you know someone someone like you and me, John, is you know being able to spot you know that kind of thing and, and tactfully say, hey, maybe you want to try something else. Oh, absolutely. No, I, yeah. I know that's an important life lesson. Just being able to kind of walk away from something, and it's not always easy to do, especially when you know when you have that paycheck coming in, and you just get that sort of that false sense of security. But in the back of your mind, you know, hey, this is probably not the ship that I want to be on. So, really, really critical lesson. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that, you know, that was, I mean, that's the lesson I didn't learn at campaigns and elections. Um, but you know, I think that you know everything's better for it. You know, and, and I think that I've probably been a little more stubborn now um, at, at campaign grid and saying, "No, that's a terrible idea. Don't do it." <laughs> well, I think that's probably why uh, you've been able to build up such an important, valuable brand is that you're able to bring your experiences and sort of that past learning from that failure into your current role. I, I, that's very nice. I, I think. Um, the other thing, John, is, is um, Campinger has built a really nice, diverse set of individuals. So while I might bring political experience, I have no real entrepreneurial um, venture capital technology background. And the two founders are, are capital, uh, basically, I mean, I, I would call them inventors. And, um, you know, they bring a lot, of the, a lot to the table, not necessarily politics. Um, and I think that when you're building your team, you want to find people that complement your weaknesses. Oh, absolutely. Weaknesses, well, so. I, I think that's critically yeah. important is to just surround yourself with people and bring in people who have just different skill sets and experiences. Jordan, let's pivot a little bit. And this is going to be a two-part question. So we're going to talk a little bit about life influences. And the first one relates a little bit to pop culture. So is there a song, a book, a movie, or a play that has been greatly influential in your life? Oh, well, I'm from New Jersey, John. So you know exactly, you know, there's, there's, only, one, there's only one musician that I listen to. Uh, that, you know, and, and I can find meaning in, in all, of, all of Bruce Springsteen songs. <laughs> Depends on the day, if, you know, if it's No Surrender. Well, or, well you know, why, don't, why don't you name your top two or three? <laughs> top two or three Springsteen songs. Old No Surrender, Thunder Road, of course. Uh, but some of the rarer stuff is also good. Um, uh, Growing Up is probably uh, helpful. I, I, I'd like to play that for my son. He looks at me with a kind of a blank stare, and sooner or later he'll enjoy the lyrics. Oh. Um, well, what has that been like introducing that song and, and you know, something that you grew up with to your son? Uh, well, it's all about having, you know, trying to get out of town and, like, find your own, find your own self. And um, I, I grew up 200 miles away from here, and I don't go home too often, but when I do, you know, it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's. I think one of the one of the things that's been helpful is kind of just getting out away from, 
you know, where I grew up. And there was, uh, trust me, I grew up with uh, great advantages and privileges, but there was not a lot of opportunity in, in doing what I do there. And second part to that question, Jordan, is there a person that you connected with that has left a lasting impression towards you finding your career path and your life's passion? There's a lot of people I've connected with, or you know, mentors over the years, but not necessarily people I've stuck with, people I've I've remained friends with. There's, um, you know, going back, you know, um, I, I after college, well, in college, uh, worked for Arlen Specter, uh, running for re-election for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania in 1998, and um, uh, the campaign manager was a guy named Kent Gates, and he's still around, and um, you know, he was a great mentor. Um, after that, you know, I could go on and people I kind of worked with for a couple of years and then just remained in touch with. And, um, you know, he always joke and said, who's your rabbi? And I, I may not necessarily have one, but I've, you know, I've, I've had many over the years. And I think, you know, finding, you know, finding the right person at the right time is important for you, but also being able to spread your wings and not, you know, have the exact same person that you kind of look up to and try and emulate, um, you know, year after year after year is, is important. I mean, you can't, if you want to, grow bigger than anyone you know it's hard to follow them well i think that's critical jordan i mean you know on this show we've talked a lot with our guests about the power and the role of mentors but i think you raise a really interesting point that sometimes you know mentors are only meant to take you to a certain level and that it is important to sort of you know find the next level find the next mentor that'll that'll push you even further or take you to that next stage in your career i I think that's that's well said john i think um you know the guy. One of the guys I work with now is uh, his name is Richard Schlackman, and uh, he, in many ways, um, was the uh, one of the kind of the founders of California Political Consulting. Um, he's in his 60s and just a good friend, and we learn a lot from him. But um, I, I, you know, I don't know if you know I'd consider him more of a friend than a mentor at this point. You know. Well, I, th- I think the the definition of mentor, especially as you get further along in your career, becomes sort of a less rigid, less formal sort of definition, and it could almost be sort of that sort of that friendship role or someone that you kind of just look up to and look to for advice. I think so. Um, we'll see. I, I there's I, I try to keep in touch with with everyone like that in my past, and there's you know I think with one exception, um, I, I I I talk to everyone. Um, you know, and the one exception is he's just out of politics and he's moved away. Sure. No, understandable. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. So, Jordan, you know, based on your experience and based on your amazing career, what advice do you have for someone who is still struggling to find their passion or is still on that journey or just doesn't even know where to turn next? Where I, where I got a lot of um, kind of experience and, and, and figured out what I wanted to do was the Coro Fellowship, C-O-R-O, the Coro Fellowship. And I was, it was my, most, most folks do it in their 20s. And I'm not saying it's the solution for everyone. But the Coro Fellowship was a great place where I kind of figured out what I wanted to do with myself. Um, what it is is a series of high-level inter- internships um, in different sectors of kind of the public affairs space. So go intern on a political campaign and then for a government agency and um, for a media group. Um, 
and uh, I think there's about I think six different placements. So in that in that one or nine month period, I interned with Fox News and Democratic State Committee, um, the St. Regis Hotel, um, American Federation of Children, um, all these different places, and um, you know other friends were at the UN and other places like that. And you know knowing you know giving yourself very short term a great way to learn uh, what you want to do with yourself. No, absolutely. And I, I remember when you were in the core of fellowship and you just had so many different experiences and you got to meet so many different people during that experience. So it sounds like it was an amazing one for you. It sure was. If there's something um, that if, if you've got a listener in his or her 20s and trying to figure out what to do, it's a, it's a great place to look. That's Coro.org. Awesome. Coro.org. We're going to post that on our website. Good. So, Jordan, what is next for you? Well, what is next for me? I'm, I'm going to stick with Campaign Grid for a while. I've got years left there, not not months, and um, we're gonna we, we've got a lot of growth to do. We're at 56 employees now. I was employee number seven. We're coming up on 60 employees. I think our plan is to have about 80 by the end of the year. We're we've got a lot going on. Building a sales team, um, you know. And, and when I started, it was I, my job was to write the company newsletter, and and um, so there's a lot of a lot of things to do there. There's a lot of work to be done, and uh, got a lot of work at home to do. So, yeah, that's awesome, Jordan. Well, congratulations on all of your success. Um, well, last question. I have no doubt that you have impacted or made a connection here, whether you know it or not. I think you've touched some of our listeners here, probably inspired more than quite a few. What is the best way that our listeners can make a connection with you? Campaigngrid.com, my website. We'll be Jordan. posting that on our website as well. Okay. Jordan at campaigngrid.com, my uh, email address. And uh, you can tweet me, although I check Twitter once a month. Sure. Uh, Jordan at campaigngrid.com is probably the best way to, to reach me. Jordan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your insight and your advice. Thank you, John. Always fun. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.